Hello and welcome everyone to episode 20 of the Dirty Side of the Grid podcast, where we've turned up late to qualifying and we're starting on the dirty side of the grid because the kangaroos ate our equipment. <laughs> I am Yusuf and my co-host Mohammed is joining me. And as you can see, this is our first online episode, uh, mainly because we couldn't really go into campus. Um, yeah. You didn't want to walk. Oh. Okay. Uh, comment down below what you think of this episode. Should we stick with this format? Should we stick with the room? I think this probably will make kind of as we go into summer, we'll get a few more online episodes. We'll try and do like uh, more of them in person. Anyways, uh, back to the race. So this is the review of the Australian GP. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. I slept through the race. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts on? Let's start with this. What are your thoughts on the timing of the race? Like, yeah okay it's a good place to start so for context ramadan so <laughs> i was also staying up for the race normally i would have slept saying it's early but it's really it's not that early though like you can wake up at 6 a.m so normally i would have been able to but i stayed up and then i ended up falling asleep about half an hour through it so i went back and watched the rest of it i'd say I've heard a few people say, like, you know, you could try adjust the timing. So with another race that we're going to get onto later, they've done a mad thing with the timing to adjust it. Uh, we'll get onto that in the news section. But like, I don't think they should move when it is. And I feel like 6 a.m. isn't really that bad. Like it's. But I feel like it's it's probably a bit like unreal. Like, I think if you're in the U.S., it's fine. If you're in Australia or East Asia, it's fine. The only issue is for like for people in Europe. And the majority of fans of F1 are in Europe. That's the issue. True. But uh, I think but even 6 a.m. isn't like yeah, that it's... bad, but it's just like it's too early. So like if it's 8 a.m., you can be like you can naturally wake up at 8 a.m. No one's going to naturally wake up at 6 a.m. And to watch a race, it's like it's not even a good like like let's be honest, Australia is not <laughs> always like, the problem. that interesting. Like yeah. if it's if you know it's like a really really good race like Saudi you're gonna wake up no matter the time like to watch it but like it's Australian yeah like we missed it the last few years and no one cared that's the thing it's not like you're right it's not really worth waking up for sort of but at the same time I'm trying to be wary of complaining too much because I know there are Australians Americans or whoever it is who like there are people across the world who end up having like all of like the entire calendar is a horrific time for them and we're here like the only two that are really off for us are um australia is really early and then japan's really early as well and that's it like, those are the only two races in the entire calendar vegas like, is going to be very early as well so that's the one i was mentioning yeah so if we want to do you want to get into the we'll get into like a bit of news first so obviously we had a week off before this race coming and within that week we had las vegas announced for next year that's the third race in the u.s and the the thing I was referencing was they're going to do the race on a Saturday night so that the timing's better for people like across the world. So we still watch the race on a Sunday, but it actually happens on a Saturday. What do you think of that? When is it going to be in Europe? Like, is it going to be like 6 a.m. as well? I don't think it'll be that early. I don't think it'll be. It might be more like, what's the time difference? Probably like eight, right? Eight hours? Maybe is it what midnight there? Like when is it? Yeah, something like that. Like it's really close to right at the end of the day on Saturday. 
Uh, interesting. See, I don't mind them doing it on Saturday, like very, very late. That's I don't mind that as much. Like my issue is more like the races in the US are too much now. Like, uh, yeah, that's the follow-up question. Like, would you? Yeah, like, we've US, got way too many races in the US. I, I, I do understand the idea of like it's an untapped market and they want to make money and stuff. But I think like with Liberty Media coming in, you're seeing F1 essentially becoming more American in the sense that it's it's just about making profit. That's it. Like uh, Stefano Domenicali was saying, oh, we can go to 30 races. What are 30 races? Are you joking? <laughs> People are complaining about 22 races. He's like, yeah, we'll just add seven more. Like, what do you mean seven more? Like, it's obviously, it's very difficult for people working in F1. Like, like work-life balance was horrible before this. After this, it's just going to be like, no one wants to work in F1. Like, you work for a few years and then never show up again, you know. Let's say I'm done, bye-bye. It's, yeah, it's like also this. very intense on the teams in terms of costs. Like, you're saying cost caps and all of that. But you're like, okay, I need you to move everything quicker. And more efficiently all over the world like it makes no sense like in that i don't get that so would you have more of a problem with more races or more in the us specifically no i don't mind like i have an issue with more in the us but they added a race onto the calendar and put it in the us so now we've got three so they didn't really drop any races to add the us in they no, just the thing they actually will. So, like, they're saying, I think France is that's, at risk. That's what I'm going to say. That's Somewhere my else issue. Is at if risk. Drop... I think Monaco is at risk as well, actually. Monaco and where I'm hearing Monaco is at risk. There's three. France, something else, and Monaco. Like, that's the... the I heard Silverstone might be dropped. It was I, Silvers... I heard Silverstone and Monza. Like no, no. See, the Monza. thing is with those ones is... the So, the, the context, the old tracks... Uh, like those classic ones, they get very good deals because obviously F1 basically has to go to them. Like realistically, it's not an F1 calendar without Monaco, Monza, Spa, Silverstone, those kind of tracks they have to stay on. So they don't sign like 20 year deals like you're seeing with uh, Jeddah and places like that. They don't sign huge deals. They just sign a couple years every time. And the funds are like those tracks don't have a lot of money. But the ones in like Jeddah and stuff, because they're funded by the government and the oil money and all of this, they'll have loads so they can just get a 10 year contract. So like, I don't think they're necessarily at risk. But, you know, they'll get signed on eventually. It's Monaco is the big one that's looking like it might not be because they get very like they don't have to pay that much to be on their calendar because it was like a mutual deal. Like F1 it's needs Monaco, Monaco needs F1. Yeah, exactly. But now, because all these new fans, plus even most of the old fans as well, like everyone's kind of being put off Monaco a little bit. It's looking like they're going to be backed into a corner in terms of they don't have that like negotiating power anymore. So Monaco can actually like go. Monaco, I think with Monaco, I don't actually see Monaco going to be honest, mainly because F1 is known for kind of the glamour and like, you know, the being kind of the eighth sport in that sense and monaco is literally the home of all of that like seeing like the race with the you know the yachts there and like kimmy like getting off the racetrack and sitting on his yacht and watching the race it's iconic but it is it, it does actually add a lot of value not necessarily in that sense like it it, it kind of adds to the image of formula one so i don't see yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I see I see something like Silverstone going or Monza go, go going before I actually see uh, Monaco going in that sense. 
Um, I don't know. I obviously don't want them to go. I don't want them to go, let's be honest. Like, I don't mind, like, obviously, like, the few ones you don't want to go are, I don't care about Imola, but, like, Monza, Silverstone, Spa, those are the three you don't want to go. Everything else is kind of, like, you don't really care that much. Like, if they go... Yeah, they get cycled in every couple years. But those three, those they have been there for so long. Those four, sorry, have been there for so long, you can't drop them. Uh, I don't mind the years, to be honest, but it's just it's too much if you're gonna risk like because he, he, they want to take care of the new fans but they're also putting at risk kind of all the old fans because if you remove silver and monza like half of the fam not even half of them most of the fan base is going to be mad yeah they will get mad like here's the thing just quickly before we like move on to, like too far forward what if vegas became the new monaco like Vegas is known for its glamour as well. It's not quite Monaco, and obviously, mm-hmm. like you said, F1's a lot more European-centric. But Vegas is also like a very glamorous place, if you want to call it that. If the mm-hmm. race turns out to be really good and it's a big success and they sell loads of tickets and you get like loads of American celebrities involved, I wouldn't be too like. Well, I would be really surprised, but like it could almost rival Monaco in that sense. Like, do you think it could get to that I, point? I get, I get what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, like, obviously, Silverstone, I don't see, to be honest, dropping. Like, I'd see them dropping others, but not silver. Like, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, I don't see them dropping Silverstone, mainly because half the media, not even half the media, all the media is British. Like, half yeah. of Formula One, or more than, most of Formula One is British. Like, it is, like, Eight of the teams it is an international like sport. An hour of Silverstone. Exactly, but the, the sport is, like, in that sense, British, in terms of pretty much all the teams are, except Ferrari is the only team that has no base in the uk every other team actually has a base in the uk so if they drop like silverson i don't see that happening at all uh like or if they do it it will be like very controversial like as in like oh yeah, like, no, yeah very controversial i don't think they could to be fair with the way they're special. going maybe in a couple of years they would actually get rid of it but like they can't oh, no, like, no 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 yeah, uh, Monaco, you see, I, I actually think like if Vegas turns out to be like what you're saying, then it might actually they might drop it for Vegas. Like they might say, OK, we'll just put Vegas in where Monaco was. But then yeah. the issue is like, I, like I was interested more in like them putting new tracks in like countries we don't go to, not put three in one country. I get the, yeah, I get the US is huge and stuff, but they put like two races on the East Coast. Like like you have got Miami and what's the other one? Texas. Yeah, so when it got announced, there was like two camps on Twitter, like there always are. There was the people who said, nah, it's too many races in America now. Like, what are they doing? It's it's all getting Americanized. There's too many. We don't want to see that again. Why do they get three races? It's just one country. And then there was the other side that was saying, in Europe, all of the tracks are within like a couple hours. You could drive to quite a few of the tracks in like a day. But to go from... Uh, Miami to Austin and then from Austin to Las Vegas it's probably like I don't know whatever it was like 11 hours each between each one or something like that but then Spa and Hockenheim or Spa and even Silverstone France wherever you're going like they'll be within a couple of hours of each other the problem is with that like you can't base it on distance you can't just say like oh America's big it deserves loads of tracks because Africa's massive Australia's also huge you're not going to shove like another 10 on them and then have two european we don't races. have any in africa as well 
Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the problem is I wouldn't, I'd want the, I get America's big and there's loads of different cultures or whatever between the different bits, but like the culture difference between Miami and Las Vegas isn't quite as different as you say, just going to keeping one in Austin and then going to somewhere in North, like Morocco and South Africa. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, get, yeah. I get if they ditch Texas, to be honest. Like, I get the Miami yeah, race. Yeah, I get like, why they want to do a Vegas race. Like, those two I get because they're kind of like... You, when you think, like, when you think F1, you think, like, something like Miami, you think something like Vegas. You don't really think Texas. Like, it just does not come to mind. So, if they add, yes. like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if in a few years you start to see, like, one and take, like, California, like, LA or, like, that would fit right. in well LA with, went on with what they're trying. I would actually cry. Yeah, that, that's what, but it. that's what they want to go for, isn't it? But I think, like, with the with the rest of like these seven races, like, they need to put in like like we need a race in Africa, we need one in like Morocco, South Africa has to come back. I get like with Bro, South we need Africa, one in, like, there is Vietnam, a bit of like, issue with safety. Vietnam yeah, as well, that's... yeah. You're right. No, the Russia's problem dead. they're having <laughs> the problem they're having South America with, as well. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like a lot of these countries, like in South America and Africa, they say they do want to go to them. It's just the problem is they want like a stable uh, government and all of that stuff because they don't just want to pile money into wherever it is and then go there. And then there's like brother, go to Saudi rising or whatever. <laughs> that's also a very good. Get arrested for saying this. Mexico isn't the safest place in the world, and yet we've gone to Mexico for so many years, and there hasn't been any incident. So I don't see the reason why we can't go to Morocco, we can't go to South Africa. We've been to these, like, Morocco and South Africa, we had races there before. So, like, it's just about, I guess it's also about, like, the countries willing to invest in it. Like, India, why aren't we going to India again? Yeah, for, oh, yeah. India was good on Halloween. I don't think the race was that entertaining, but the track looks sick. Like, it's a very nice-looking track. No, the race wasn't entertaining. That, that's a different part. But I'm talking about like if you want to, if you want to get more fans in, then you want to make it a more global event. Yeah, you have the definitely. European, you have the European race season because that's where most of the money comes in from. It's Europe. But then you have like a few races in the US. Fair enough, you're gonna have three races in the US. Uh, you're gonna have like you need like at least one more in South America, yeah. one or two in Africa. A few more in Southeast Asia. Like you want it to be global. Like the thing is, I love the fact that like you think of like Singapore. <laughs> you think of like Singapore, right? Like that's just a it's such a sick place. And if anyone wants a reason to travel to Singapore, the perfect time would be going to see the race. Like it's it's just a perfect example of like F1 just going to a different country and then showcasing how incredible it is to go to, like, sort of what Saudi's trying to do now, like, and Qatar as well, with, like, the tourism stuff, like, you yeah. showcase your country being, like, a great place to visit, you put on a sick event, and then everyone's like, oh, I wouldn't have considered going to, you know, Singapore was on my list of places to go, but now it's, like, because of the race, I really want to go there, you go see it, you have a good time, and then you come back, and it's like, you know, you're exploring the world, rather than, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go to Austin, Florida, US, US, like, US, I understand... US. <laughs> I understand for fans near that area, you want to have a like a local place near you. Like obviously, if we wanted to drive to Silverstone, we could. The ticket prices are a different conversation, but it's nearby. But for them, it's. I know we need like races near where fans are, but also it's nice to like 
tap into different areas of the world, like go somewhere interesting, don't just shove it in like a big city. Because we've all heard of these big cities and most of the people who can afford to go to a race would have probably been to these cities anyway. Go somewhere new, like open more doors. Like it's, there's a lot of potential. See, that's why I'm, I'm a bit against like, now all the new tracks are gonna be like street tracks. Like they wanna get rid of uh, Silverstone and have like a street track in London. They wanna, but my issue with like, it's exactly the same point you're saying. Like if you have a street track, it's just the middle of the city, which we've all kind of seen before. But when you have like something in the countryside, you, it adds more depth to it. Like, do you know what I mean? It's exactly yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Exactly. Like the, like, I really, I really like Brazil. I think something in like South America, like Argentina, would be, would be an amazing race. Like I really want to see that. South Africa, Morocco. I think Morocco would be a sick race. Like honestly, I, bro, I just came up with Morocco off the top of my head. But like the more I think but about Morocco, it, the more I love a race in Morocco. Exactly, it's because like, like it's it's very different. Like the the culture in Morocco is very different to all the Arab countries you go to, and so you go there, it'd just be like that would just be on its own, be incredible. Like even I actually, Egypt, or Egypt should host the race, man. Why aren't they doing that? Yeah, sure. Just one around <laughs> the pyramids, yeah. Just, like you just go in circles around the pyramids. <laughs> to be fair, the way to be they do host. Right, would fully just draw a line in the sand around the pyramids, and that would be it. Yeah, to be fair, they do host, like Egypt do host like a squash tournament, and it's like you know those glass courts, and yeah. the court is is literally right in front of the pyramids, so like the players are playing, and the backdrop is literally like the pyramids. Obviously, that's a lot that's easier because so cool. you can play a glass court every like squash is probably like I think the best sport in that sense because they have one in Grand Central Station, they have one in Hong Kong, looking over or they used to at least looking over the whole city, one looking over the pyramids. They have like squash because they can put like a glass court anywhere essentially. Yeah. They're so lucky in that sense. They have like some mad places they go to. It's very, very impressive. That's what we want from F1. We want like, not, like, even if it's like the race is not going to be the most entertaining, you want kind of a show around the country. You get to experience like the different cultures. Yeah, and not just like Big Ben in the background. Like, we want to see culture. We want to see different things. So, mm. I think that's why I India guess. would be very interesting because it's it's such a kind of like we've been there before. It, it came off the like. I think India probably won't see for the next few years, mainly because they invested, the government invested quite a lot of money in the track. And then the track was scrapped, it's not on the calendar anymore. Obviously, it's very expensive to get on now. So it would require a lot of investment to come in. That's probably why they're going to keep going to the US and Europe, because there is that hunger and money to pay for it. And there is like consumption for it, essentially. Whereas if you say I go India or I go Morocco or wherever, you require so much capital to build up the race. I think India spent like 500 million on the tracks some, some weird number like that, a huge, huge number. And, and they never reaped the reward because people weren't buying the tickets. That's why they stopped going to India because there wasn't any demand for the tickets. I guess now they've got to try again because the thing is F1's much better at marketing now. And there's a billion people in India, like to not be able to sell tickets, in, that's just embarrassing. Like it's a big event, it's the only type of like the only event of that kind once a year in that country and there's a billion people to sell tickets to and you haven't even managed to do that like realistically i think it was because uh, bernie didn't, didn't wasn't really convinced by that. yeah that's what i'm saying like now they can market better they can try and tap into these new places so yeah, yeah. shall we just <laughs> shall we get on to the race 
Yeah, <laughs> let's get you on Turex. The timing is horrible, but like, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. I would be interested to see one in like uh, New Zealand, perhaps. Maybe, yeah, I've heard it's a nice place. Mm. New Zealand. Whereas Macau, like Macau would be interesting as well. I like how we came back onto this. Yeah, bro, come on, man. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like places where you want to go to see like a very, very nice track. Leave comments uh, of like random tracks you want to see races at. Like, yeah, or or if you don't know a track, just list like a, a, just a name country, country where you really yeah. want to. Yeah, like because like you've got like loads in Africa, like Kenya would be nice, like having a race or Mauritius. Yeah. Like having something right on the sea there would be like insane. But see, we come back to the last point, which is like funding essentially for this. But then F1 could make it easier for newer countries to come in instead of requiring like so much money to come in. But anyway, moving on, moving on. Yeah, price is different. So race. Yes. Oh, wait, I'm doing the. You You're waiting your, for me to like, phone out, bro. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to lead it because I have to. Am I actually doing the? Oh, you're doing. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we decided last time that Muhammad's gonna do the 60 second thing, which is 60 second race review, which is good because I slept through the race today. So I, get rid of my I don't. Race. I don't really know a lot about <laughs> what happened in the race. So let's start. Let's start. Okay. When when you're ready, say go and I'll. Wait. No, you give me a countdown, then I'll I'll try to okay. start. Three, three, two, one, go. Okay, so loads of people going off in the final sector in practice. We saw that in qualifying and the race uh, just in general. I think it's because the tires were getting hot by the end of the lap. Whatever it was, people were struggling with it all weekend. Uh, qualifying, science got very unlucky, actually. He was literally just about to cross the line and then the red flag came out, so he lost his lap. And then when he tried to have a final run, I think he made a mistake in the first sector. So he ended up starting ninth. Uh, Albon got disqualified because he couldn't provide a fuel sample, kind of like how Vettel couldn't in Hungary last year. Uh, Stroll got penalty for an incident with Latifi. We'll discuss who's at, who's at fault for that later. And then uh, who got pole? Leclerc got pole. Verstappen was a bit off. I think he was complaining about the balance of the car or something. And then in the race, Leclerc takes off safety car restarts and all of that stuff, he still manages to get ahead. Uh, Lewis and George, George got lucky with the safety car, quite a few people did that. Albon got no. points off, hit him on the last lap and, uh, okay, what, how much is that? You went over it. Went over it, it's a minute and you still haven't discussed like half of the stuff that happened in the race. Bro, saw man, you didn't even watch it. So you cut me off at a minute there, is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, I cut you off at a minute. Ah, uh, bro. Mm, okay, I probably would have gone over by like. A little you spend bit. a bit too much time on like practice. See, I'm the master, bro. You should learn from me. <laughs> and should have watched the. You race. can't even deny we'll that. We'll see. We'll I'm see, we'll see you next time. Yeah. We'll see you next time. I'm very good at this. So you, you went can't, 20 you seconds can't even over. To be yeah, fair, because you didn't. Oh, the worst like, part. You didn't, you the worst can... part is. Yeah, no, I'm kind of annoyed because I I watched it back and you were like about to stop on exactly a minute and then you just carried on because I didn't say anything. So you probably would have stopped in a minute. We'll see next exactly. time. I won't stop you. We'll see what happens. No, next week we'll see what happens before the next race. I'll just so, I'll time myself then. I'll get my phone out. Time myself. Okay, so starting with qualifying, um, what did we have? So yeah, so Latifi and Stroll crashed. Uh, Stroll was trying to let Latifi pass. 
uh, no, Latifi got out of the way for Stroll because he was trying to let someone pass and then decided, no, you know what, I'm going to go back past again because it turns out Stroll was on a slow lap. He tries to dive through on him. Stroll turns in because, as we discussed last week, he doesn't look in his mirrors. And then they crash into each other. Did you, anyone you think who's at fault for that? Because someone did get a penalty. Yeah, uh, I know Stroll got a penalty for oh, it. Okay, all right. Yeah, so Stroll Obviously, got the... Obviously, because King Latifi is never at fault. And I've seen a few people <laughs> have commented on our last few videos, and they understood King Latifi, so... Yes, no, they didn't. Ball. It's just, okay, yeah, In the I made a mistake in uh, last week or in the last one. It was actually Latifi trying to make the move on Stroll, not Albon. My point still stands. I still thought it was Stroll's fault anyway, but I just used the wrong name at that point. Anyway, this time, honestly, I'd actually put the blame on Latifi. Like, as much as Stroll isn't looking in his mirrors and it was kind of done for him, I think the penalty is a bit harsh. Like, I feel like Latifi shouldn't be like, you let him pass and then you dive past him straight after. That's just, like, it's just stupid. Like, be be a bit patient. If you just let him pass, he's in you've got the entire rest of it. Because he's, he's in a Williams, so the only time he's racing is when a car is going slow <laughs> on a slow. <laughs> That's the only time he's actually racing with someone. I just want to get like the um, have a look at you. No, honestly, um, I feel like yeah. it's. I think personally for me, it's Latifi is more to blame, but I'd go with like a racing incident at the end of the day. Like it was a misunderstanding from both of them and it wasn't great, but to give Stroll a penalty for that, as much as he should be more aware in his car, that's like, you wouldn't expect him to slow down and then just dive back at you again. Like it's, I feel like it's, it's more I think even, what's his name, even what's his name was saying, like Stroll was saying, you know, like the, they're, they're doing, the stewards are doing some uh, funny things this week, uh, this week. We will actually go to that, yeah, because there, there were actually quite a few things that I thought were kind of weird. And a lot of them were actually to do with Stroll, so we'll have a look at that. Um, Is it? After that, bro, I'm just having see... a look at, like, uh, at the incident. <laughs> so he lets him pass, and then the chief is like, but to be fair, he goes very slowly. Like, I actually think it's Stroll at fault there, because he goes very wow, slowly, no. and Latifi comes back, he's not even dive bombing, he's just going past him, and then Stroll just comes like, wee. Yeah, no, but he was trying to get out of the way. What, what did he get? There was, a, there was an Alfa Romeo behind. He was trying to get out of the way for him as well. He got three places. Did he get, was it a three? Yeah, I think three that's true. Like, I, I wouldn't give him a, a three place grid penalty. Like, maybe one. Uh, three is too much, I think. But then he's in an Aston Martin, so it doesn't make any difference. He's starting so, last year. Yeah, we'll get on to, well, speaking of, we're going to the other end of the grid. Alonso has now joined the list of drivers who has almost had a legendary qualifying lap and everyone's going to go on about it for the next two years about how it was almost the greatest qualifying lap of all time. He went purple. He was probably, I think he was like two or three tenths up on the, the mm. pole time at the time because it would have been for a provisional pole. And then he binned it in the quarter I was actually on about in the 60 second summary. Like, do you think he could have actually got pole? Because they would have had to do a second set of runs. It would have been interesting to see like how how far off he would have been. Uh, probably he not. Like, but, he, bro, but... he was like three tenths off into the final cycle, like two three tenths. Is off. it? Yes. Interesting. I don't know what their final sector was like, Alpine, because he might have lost a, a bit of time there. Yeah. But like, if he's that, he might have held on to pole. That would have been cool to see, like Alonso starting P1 pole position and back 
You know, like Arnold. Bro, oh, we that. can fight. We can fight. That's what he says. He says we can fight, yeah. and then he just doesn't go anywhere. I feel but like I, I don't think he would have got it. I feel like he would have ended up like maybe even second or third, but maybe probably third mm. to be honest. But whole I yeah, feel like, I, a bit like if reason. someone's gonna overtake him, it's gonna be like Max and Charles probably. Yeah, realistically exactly. speaking, uh, the other guys are a bit kind of far behind. Uh, but yeah, interesting. Uh, you want to talk about the um, Sebastian incident? I mean, I was gonna sure if you want to. You have to talk about what happened to Sebastian. I'm talking about like what happened at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll mention this another awkward stewarding decision. Do you want to go through the uh, the chain of events no no it's okay you, you can do it you can do it right, i mean there's not much to it basically sebastian crashed he ended up taking a scooter instead of uh hopping on the back like we normally see them doing and they'll go on the moped and go around the exit roads he asked to drive it himself and then drove it on the track and then waved at the fans and all of this as he's going past like a little parade for himself and then ended up getting like a five thousand euro fine or something for it you know the funniest thing is uh, I saw this picture. The reason I brought this up is I saw a picture basically of him doing that, and it's him basically going purple, purple, and he's still <laughs> in the moped. He's ahead of Lewis. Okay. Uh, I just thought I just thought you'd want to see that. You know, you went from laughing and so excited to just being like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've just looked up on Twitter, yeah, I've just found someone doing it in like a game version, but he's in a tuk-tuk and he's doing a oh. lap <laughs> online. This is, oh, this is a sick video. I'll, uh, I'll link, I'll share the link to the tweet in the, the description of the YouTube video. <laughs> it's a good video. Um, yeah, that's another awkward stewarding decision. What I was going to get onto was uh, McLaren in qualifying and in the race to be fair. Norris qualified four. That's insane. After they were like last or something in the first race. Ahead of the two Mercedes, yeah. Do you think this now shows that um like the way they were last and now they're qualifying fourth now, finishing what was it, fifth and sixth in fifth the race? And, yeah. Like does that show now that like if you just fix your car's issues, whatever it is, understand the car, there's like there's big gains to be had. You're not just gaining like a little bit on everyone. They've literally jumped the entire field or the entire midfield. Yeah, that, see that's in two races. It could be the sense. Like our comments on Mercedes are, but I don't see Mercedes gain, gaining that much. Goodness. But it is impressive no, because their their issue was obvious, wasn't it? They had like brake issues and they couldn't develop anything. Like it's not they couldn't develop; they couldn't actually apply any of their upgrades before they fixed the brake issue. They fixed the brake issue going into last week, I think, quite late. They didn't really have a chance to apply the upgrades, and I think now they came with a bit of upgrades. And we knew we knew McLaren had a very solid car, and they were very quick at um where was it uh barcelona but going yeah. to uh bahrain uh with daniel getting covid and then the issue with the brakes and them not actually being able to run the whole race distance in uh practice it just showed that like basically these past two races they basically they binned it they're like we're not going to get any points here we don't care we're just going to use it as two extended like practice set and not practice session but like testing sessions yeah and it shows they, they've done very well. I'm very happy for McLaren. It's, it's, it's nice to see them up the grid. <laughs> yeah. At the very end, it's just, that was very, that was very depressing. 
but uh yeah it's impressive that that like the turnover rate like i think what people don't realize is the first like year so this season and probably next season the turnover rate for parts is actually going to be very high because people are going to be like the development rate is just like every week you're going to be seeing like, yeah. someone coming yeah, yeah, yeah. new parts, well, parts which is not the case last year like so i heard this I think it was in Ted's notebook. He might have mentioned uh, the McLaren. It might have been Andreas Seidel who said this. Someone said it. Where he mentioned because of the budget cap, rather than just throwing your resources at anything and everything, you develop something that will give you like a big advantage rather than a bunch of small upgrades and then put yeah. like the resources in that. So you know you're allocating your money into the right place. Because before, obviously, someone like Ferrari could just throw their money at any problem and then just wait to find the right solution. But now you've got to like fully know that this is the right answer to your problem and then go forward and put it in. So you're right with the development curve, actually. I have like an analogy for it, because like if you imagine. The development curve thing that we're talking about is like if you imagine Yusuf running a marathon, right, he might do it in however many hours. And then if he does another one, he'll be like maybe a whole 10 minutes faster or something like a big gap and then he'll start training and he'll do more and more and more and then he keeps going until you know maybe he runs five marathons and he's only like 30 seconds faster each time if i ask mo farah to do the same thing exactly yeah if i ask mo farah to do the same thing because he's already at the peak of his body or fitness or whatever it is he's only going to gain right he's going to hit almost the same time every time so we're at the bottom right now and they're developing their cars so they get to the pinnacle. They're not at the, they're at the very beginning now, and they're going to make big gains until it slowly eases off. So that's why we're seeing McLaren jumping from, you know, the bottom to the top very quickly. And I feel like we could, do you reckon another team could manage to do it? Like Aston Martin's at the bottom right now. Do you reckon in like a few races time or whatever, they might just discover something and end up like fifth? I'm not sure because with McLaren, we knew a bit, like, or at least the team knew, like, we had this issue, and once we fix this issue, we have a very good car that can go on and do very well. Mercedes still have the same belief that once we fix, uh, their issue is the bouncing. Once they fix, like, the bouncing, we've got, like, a lot, like, a lot of time to gain. So that's also, like, the teams know that. Aston Martin is the sense where I don't think even they know their true pace. Is this their true pace or the... Do they have a lot in their car? So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but their car yeah. is a, kind of something down the alley of Ferrari. So it could Ferrari be also like well. they're affected by the, the yeah. Mercedes engines. True. Yeah, that's true. And Ferrari as well, they're, like, like, they're still bouncing as well. Like going into the corners and stuff, mm-hmm. they'll still bounce. So maybe there's still potential for them in there. Like they might end up yeah, finding a lot more pace in their car. With the bouncing, it's the sense of, or the case really of a balance between trying to get as much kind of grip as possible while trying downforce as possible, while not trying to kind of get, like it's a trade-off essentially, not trying not to get the bouncing. And it can be the case where you can probably accept, I think we're not going to get rid of the bouncing fully, but it would be the case where, okay, it's acceptable to have a bit of bouncing, say, at this part of the track where it's oh, facing okay. a bit higher downforce because we're actually the time we're losing is is smaller than it's it's kind of be a similar thing where you get with like low versus high downforce uh, setups where uh you know like in this sector we're losing a bit of time but if we run a higher downforce we gain more time in like the sector two compared to like sector one and three for instance 
So yeah. it'd be a, a sense, I think that would be like another trade-off where you have to say, how much downforce are you going to run in that sense? Like how much bouncing yeah. can you accept? I, I think there is a danger though, like the reason ground force was stopped a few years back, by a few years, I mean like in the 70s or 80s when it started, yeah. Those, yeah, it was old. very dangerous. It's very dangerous. And like, can it, can we see this again? Can we see like very big crashes because of ground effect? Perhaps. Yeah. Um, it's the very dangerous is, like, even for the drivers. Like you see it when they're driving, they're just like, you can't actually see, like they can't see very well over their car because of the bouncing. And even then, so like, aside from that, like not just like the porpoising as well, and the bus, I don't know how they deal with that stuff, like breaking into corners, blind apexes and all of this, bigger tires as well, so they can't, they see even less. And then plus on top of the big tires, they have the little like, arch things on top of them as well, like the wheel caps. They, the thing is with ground effect is if you imagine like the skirts on the 80s cars, if those break, the air isn't trapped under the car anymore. And if the air isn't trapped under the car anymore, you have, you lose all your downforce like that. So like you're saying, with, you know, the problem with developing or having all of your aero based on just a bit under the car, a little bit, you go over the curb a bit too much or whatever it is. Maybe you somehow damage your floor. That's a lot of your downforce gone. And now you go into the next corner with half as much downforce as you did before. Or maybe even and then if, you're going to crash because you're going to send it a lot quicker. Exactly. Than yeah, because you have no idea. Like maybe even if, if someone crashes into the side of someone else, but like it's, you know, a light tap or whatever it is, however it happens, the the way the floor is like running along the side of the ground now and how low down it is you snap off a bit of that you open up the gap so the air can escape you're losing a lot of downforce there like it there is a lot of potential for it to be quite dangerous there if like i'm not saying this is going to be like a common occurrence but like if not the right situation happens almost the wrong situation if you end up in the wrong situation and these kind of things fall into play there's like there could be a very big accident. Yeah, I think that's the that's the reason it was scrapped. It was there was a very very big accident, and I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember someone got very injured. Or I, I don't want to say. Well, yeah, the, the problem with F one, the the cornering speeds they were reaching. Yeah, the cornering speeds they were reaching with ground effects was just too much for them to handle. Like they couldn't, they didn't have enough safety to be able to deal with how fast they were going. So the idea was Perhaps, that now we do have enough safety for it, but like how much is enough safety that's the real question like how do you know yeah i think it's it's maybe not as much safety as it is uh like having the equipment to actually cope with the speeds in terms of the brakes in terms of the tires in terms yeah. of like the car being able to cope with like braking from 300 kilometers an hour say uh, like in like say like 60 meters or 100 meters that might not have been the case where they could have like I, we know they could have gone very quickly the issue was can he stop <laughs> so yeah. now we have obviously like the brake brake technology has advanced a lot in that time and like tires as well and stuff so it can be the sense where it is safer now but i think there is potential for a very very big crash yeah well i mean actually you know while we're doing this we'll stick on the topic of uh, the stewarding stuff uh, we'll go with this one, yeah. Oh, there's a few racing stuff uh, that will mention the stewarding instance, but this one regarding safety, I saw on Ted's notebook and a few people, because I follow a lot of Lewis fans, they're quoting this. Uh, the FIA are trying to reinforce a rule that was already there, where 
you have to wear like this. They're getting rid of like cotton underpants or something that the drivers wear. I think it's because it's meant to be a fire hazard. And they're also getting rid of, uh, they're telling the drivers they can't wear like their little like metal chains. Like some of them will wear crosses. I know Lewis is one of them. I think there's a few others as well. They'll wear like a cross necklace or something because they're Christian. Uh, you're not supposed to wear them anymore. And earrings as well. Like any nose piercings, ear piercings, whatever, they're going to tell them like you can't do that. So Lewis was asking no, about no this. jewelry, basically. Yeah, and the, <laughs> Lewis has asked about this, and the quote was something like it's welded into his ear. So like he, the way you take it off is, he said you'd fully have to cut his ear off. So he said it's stayed. And apparently they mentioned this on Thursday, and they just haven't done anything since. So they've they've gone oh, okay, we're reinforcing this rule. Like make sure we're going to be checking. I'm see I'm still seeing Lewis with his piercings in. Like they haven't done anything. So it's just embarrassing. Yeah, I think I, they've just I, kind I of heard about Lewis and Verstappen joking about us. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'll have to look at that. What was uh, it? Continue, continue. I'll just get the quotes up. Just you're gonna So like them. I don't know. I feel like the problem with that is like, I don't know, if you tell your quid if the quid if you tell your kid, yeah, like no more sweets, like this is your last biscuit, you're having this one, that's it. And then I don't know, she asked for another one and then you say, All right, fine, whatever, and then give her another one. You've just lost your authority. Like that's they've pretty much that's what they've done. They've gone and said, like, listen, we're reinforcing this rule. Make sure that Lewis has just gone, well, I don't care. And then I don't know about the other drivers. And nothing's happened. Like you can't say you're gonna reinforce the rule and then go out and back off afterwards. It's just a little it's bit. It's just like, proving that as a joke. To be honest. I mean, it gets worse. It gets worse. So they did a similar thing with the safety car restarts. Uh, as we've seen recently, Max will go up alongside the car in front oh, yeah, and stop that, intimidate yeah. them or whatever. This rule was always in place, uh, preventing this. The rule is it states that the lead car becomes effectively the safety car. And are you allowed to go up alongside the safety car? No, the, none of the drivers have ever in my life have I seen a driver going alongside the safety car and telling it to hurry up. They tell them to hurry up on the radio, not like going alongside it. But for some reason, they stop, okay like, they stop right before it. They stop right before it, but they don't go like say. But you don't go like, exactly. So it's dangerous in a lot of uh, ways. It also ruins their opportunity to warm up their tires. It also means that they can't dictate the pace anymore. Because what if they want to get Max away from their side? They'll speed up. But if they speed up too much, the safety car won't have enough time to get into the pit lane. Because the whole reason they slow down is so that the safety car can go into the pit lane and get out of the way. So if Max is doing that, they can't you know, dictate the pace anymore. They slow down a bit too much. You might overtake them, whatever. It just causes a lot of problems. I saw a tweet. It was interesting. Lewis, uh, Lewis was dealing with that all year. Max just kind of harassing him on safety car restarts. Max does it to a Ferrari once and they've switched the rules. They've changed it instantly. I'm not saying that's the reason they've done it, but with these new, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of rules in the in the regulations. <laughs> I think this face is all you need to say. <laughs> there's a lot of like uh, rules in the regulations that they just don't implement. Like the overtaking one, when Max overtook uh, Lewis under the safety car in Abu Dhabi, Obviously, it was only momentary. It was only momentarily, but technically, he overtook him, and technically, that's against the regulations. I'm not saying he should have. That should have been what lost him the championship. But no fines, no Ten nothing. Ten second penalty. That's what you want. It wasn't even investigated. Like that's the kind of thing you'd hand out maybe a fine for or something. But they have loads of rules in there that they're just very lenient. Same with uh, Max touching the rear wing. 
he got a 50k fine for that but like people were posting very understandably Vettel's been doing that for years and he never gets anything so there's just certain rules they just don't bother to check which I don't know maybe the rules do need a bit of a look through just to make sure that they actually say like listen these are the rules and we're following them you rather than the hidden ones yeah I think I the know. book is too big for even the stewards to know everything. <laughs> like they, they won't have a look at this stuff because the teams didn't complain about it. I think if the teams complain about yeah. it, they will look at it. But if the teams don't complain, I'm not going to go investigate like such small <laughs> stuff. Um, Max, so basically Max and Lewis had the press conference together this week. And they were talking about the whole jewelry thing and Max was like, I'd be, uh, I would be too heavy if I wore jewelry, so it's not possible, you know. And Lewis answered, he's like, I know you have a, a nipple piercing, man, come on. <laughs> and Max was like, you want to see it again? <laughs> oh, wait, I think I did see this, yeah. That was, that was very funny, Max. Um, yeah, that, that was good. Do you see Bottas lost um, uh, his 103 consecutive run in Q3 has ended, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that was Actually, depressing. About Bottas as well, but this is another thing. So with the stewards, Bottas got forced off the track by Stroll, and they they noted it and then didn't give him a penalty. That's so like he fully forced him off the track. Bottas, not even like oh he's got his front wing alongside. He was fully alongside, like part like you couldn't tell who was ahead side by side, and he gets forced off the track and Stroll got nothing. Stroll got a penalty like literally maybe the lap before for weaving on the straight. Not kind of like how Max does it. It was a lot more dangerous than that. He moved twice under braking sort of thing. Uh, mm. He did like a, the old so early move, Max, you know, when you wait. Yeah, yeah. So yes. early Max, pretty much. So he got a penalty for that, but then didn't get a penalty for forcing him off the track, which is so inconsistent. He should have got a penalty for both. Like, I don't know why they did that. The stewards just, I don't know. They were doing well, and everyone was, you know, hyping them up and all of this. But I don't know. I'm, I've kind of lost confidence again already again more I have, than i already have. I have a picture that i kind of have to show you at this point um oh wait or can, can you share you? your screen or something what is this? it's on my phone so you can't actually see it hey, hey, hey. oh 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 it's just that. a massive lance head and a massive Lutifia. can we just talk i think we need to take a moment to kind of talk about album and going from p20 to p10 in the race Oh, okay. Yeah, we can do that now. Yeah, that I think you have to say, you know, Williams is mightily impressive because there weren't like a lot like it's not like half the grid retired and he got points. No, like I think only two cars retired, Sainz and Verstappen. I think it was three. There was a third one. Okay, even with three cars out, he still went from P20 to P10, which is very impressive. Which is so cool. Like, that's so funny. That's the kind of stuff I do in the F1 game. Like, you just fully waited until the very last lap and then... He either came out just ahead of Joe or uh, behind him and then overtook him. But like he was running in P7 on tyres that had lasted him the entire race. Like, yeah, he's done very well there from last year, right? Like, yeah. it's a very important I think drive. people people were debating, should he have a C in F1? Does he deserve to be back in F1? All of that stuff. I think, like, if he, if he like, obviously the first two races, you can't really say much because there wasn't much to say because he's in Williams at the back of the grid and all of that. But I think if he has these races, these types of races, like a few times throughout the season, then people will kind of be say like, okay, no, he deserves a C over Latif. Like obviously he deserves a C over Latif. Like Latif is going to go next year. 
sad like yeah the king is going but so but <laughs> if he does this then i think he he's showing to people that he is a talented driver he he does deserve to be back in f1 and i'm 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 very happy for him like it's, it'll be funny to so, see tomo's yeah. reaction because he's like a massive oh, cool. album fan yeah and he was so sad when album left can we talk about think- how russell is p2 in the championship We'll mention that, but also just quickly about Albon. I think yeah. it would be in, like, I just can't wait to see if he actually pushes his way back up the grid. Like, because now he's fully at Williams, he's at the bottom. And sure, he can lead Williams, but no one aspires to be the first driver in the last place team. You want to work your way up. Yes. So I, I wonder which teams will start giving him opportunities first if he actually ends up making his way up the grid. Because I'm sure he could It'd end be up interesting. having a I think like probably like Alpha Tari is a big shot. Because uh, he's still like, he, he's supposed to cut his ties with Red Bull because he's going to a, like a team that's basically like mini Mercedes. But, you know, his helmet says like a lot. Yeah, he does still have, helmet. I think Red Bull really helped him get that seat. So he's still quite, he has a good relationship with Red Bull, I think. Yeah, so I think like Alpha Tauri, like if he proves himself, I think a year or two here, I don't think next year is going to be like next year they have like Red Bull have quite a few drivers lined up from F2. And with kind of, I think Gasly will probably be going. Sonoda kind of having matured a bit. Uh, I think then you can see probably Liam Lawson, uh, Druvula. You've got like a few very talented drivers that can kind of step in. It depends on if Tsunoda steps up this year or not. Because if he doesn't step up this year, they're going to have to stick with Gasly, but Gasly might want to leave. But I, I think, think Gasly's the uh, sense. Gasly Marco's, stayed because... Yeah, but I think Marco's confirmed now that Gasly's going at the end of the year, whatever happens, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Unless, that's, he, get, that's unless what I'm he gets moved to Red Bull, I think it was, right? Like, if he gets the opportunity yeah. to move to Red Bull, he'll move to Red Bull. But if Perez is doing a good job, which he is, they're not going to drop Perez. And yeah. they're not going to drop Max. So, going to go... Yeah, obviously Max isn't going anywhere. I, I think that <laughs> the fact that he said it is just why he's saying that. But um, so he said that that they're essentially looking between Perez and Gasly for next year. But I think that if if they don't go with Perez, if Perez doesn't leave, I think probably Red Bull could go back on that if Sonoda proves to be basically like last year, i.e. unreliable. Because yeah, they can't. I, I don't. So. I don't see them going with two very unexperienced drivers. Um, they could do it as a sister team, so like they could just shove two like juniors in there. Yeah. But I think like France, uh, is it France? France Costa would just be like, no, I want, I want like at least give me one good driver and one like. Yeah. True. But if if Gasly leaves, it could be it could be a chance for uh, they could say okay, Gasly, bye bye, and they can bring in Albon into AlphaTauri and a younger driver because Albon has proved he, he has shown he can drive well when he's in an Alpha Tauri it's just the atmosphere at Red Bull that did not suit him and it did not suit a lot of other drivers that stepped into that seat so it could be just the, the atmosphere there um, maybe uh, shall we start with the top and then go down for like the top three so like Ferrari yeah. then Red Bull uh, and... I just want to mention yeah. one fun fact is Leclerc has more points uh Basically, Leclerc can lead the championship, like the drivers, champ, uh, constructors championship now. Uh, right? oh, oh, yeah. So he has yeah, yeah. more points than Mercedes and Red Bull and basically every other team. I just find that like, 
You it's have very to say it's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty. So yeah, let's let's go on with look like actually. Also, uh, leave in the comments as well if you're somehow still uh, listening at this point. If we should bring back Yusuf's uh, completely unrelated fun fact of the weekend at the start of the uh, the podcast, like not even like that was a fun fact related to the race, like completely unrelated from out of nowhere. So if you want to, it's basically I used to mention a fun fact based on what I've kind of seen during the week, essentially. I think or during the day before. Uh, all right, yeah. So Leclerc, dominant lead from start to finish. I know it's very early days, but does he have the potential to take it all the way and win the championship? Like, does he have it in him yes. in terms of talent, consistency, all the rest of it? Because a lot of people actually were saying that he's uh, overrated at the start of the year. What would you think about that? I think I, I, I was one of the people who said, I still buy, I stand wow. by the fact that, wait, 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 wait. There is, I, I do, I do say, I stand by what I said in terms of, I think he is, a bit overrated before the start of the season. I think this season will prove if he is of the caliber of people like Max um, and like you know, like the best of this like this generation essentially. Um, I don't think he was. Overrated. Does he have the potential? Really he has know. the he has the potential. He has the like I can't say he doesn't have the potential, but is a lot of drivers have the potential but never gone to realize that potential for whatever reasons. So it it'll be like. We have to kind of see essentially, will he be able to live up to the hype or not? That's that's essentially that's all I'm saying. That's why yeah, I think no, he's overrated because people I just are don't think he's saying, overrated, oh, though. He's, he's, not. he's he's like Max Verstappen, bro. Max is a world champion. He's not. Like, <laughs> there's they, a difference. Like, does he win a championship? I understand. Okay, championships aside, Max's performance last year was very impressive. It's just I think Leclerc showed enough in 2019 to to justify his hype. Like he hopped it. Like you've got to remember one season in that Sauber, which is uh, Alfa Romeo now, and he hops into the Ferrari, and he's on pace with Vettel instantly. He went on. He almost. Yeah, he, he actually performs a bit better race. than Vettel races. Exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he should have won a second race if it wasn't for that engine failure, or MGUK or whatever it was. He should. He would have won his second race, third race, or something at Ferrari. He then went on to win Monza, and then he won Spa as well. I think it was Spa, then Monza, back to back. Like, yeah, you have to say, it was impressive the way he also defended at Monza from Lewis. I will give him that. Part of it was illegal, but yes, in general, it was it was very good. It was impressive for me. Lewis fans are so bitter, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't think he's underrated, for, overrated, personally. I feel like this is what I was expecting from him. Like, he's doing very well. He's calm, he's collected. We'll see how he goes at a proper street circuit soon. Hopefully, he doesn't uh, bin it into the wall or something. Maybe this is the year he actually wins Monaco as well. But uh, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> highly, um, I highly doubt it, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I highly doubt he's going to win it. Carlos Sainz, his teammate. Uh, unlucky or just a bad driver? Um, unlucky. He might just be having a bad weekend. Let's see. Let's switch it that way. He did have a horrendous weekend, but in general, he's he's just not been on pace so far. True, true. But I think Carlos yeah. is more like I think I said this last week. It takes him quite a while to kind of get into the rhythm of the car and kind of get into it. So we'll see. We'll see. I think he. I think he'll get back up because if you look back at last season he actually 
he was he wasn't like up with Leclerc at the beginning. Like actually at the beginning, Leclerc was quite a bit ahead. But as the season kind of went on, you saw him kind of really pick up the pace. And in the end, he came ahead of uh, what's his name, uh, Leclerc. So I find that I find impressive is that I think look over the course of the season and let's see kind of what he does. Yeah, you're right. Kind of and he did have very so I mentioned you know like red flag came out just before his lap ended mistake. Uh, then he had the the crash that caused his retirement where he you know just messed up slightly. There was a bit of a twitch mid corner and then he ended up going over the grass and getting stuck in the gravel. A horrible weekend for him. Very unlucky. But we're not just talking about. You know, he was behind the clerk and then he overtook him at the at the last race of the season to gain fifth or fourth in the championship. To get him at the end of the season would be to win the championship now. If we're talking about Ferrari being the fastest team now. So at what point is it too late for him to catch up? Because sure, he can, you know, Lewis Hamilton's done it a lot. Like, he'll, he's a lot worse in the start of the season, but he picks up and Lewis is insane in the second half of the season. At what point is it too late for Carlos to start building up that momentum? Because if you leave it too long, Leclerc will do what Rosberg did in 2016, win a bunch of races, build up the gap. And then even if Carlos has some like miraculous second half of the season, it just won't be enough. Mm, I, um, I think probably like mid-season. I think by mid-season, if Leclerc has built a comfortable gap, I don't see him coming back from it. Like even even with the season being like as long as it is now, you can actually there is a chance of you coming back and like. I, but I don't see it to be honest. Like I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Does that uh, include if Max by mid season? Does that if by mid season he has a big gap over Carlos? Does that include big gap over Max as well? Like would Max yeah. feel? I think if if, if he has a comfortable lead, I think he he probably will be able to hold it to the end of the season. But uh, it'd be interesting to see kind of what happens. Yeah. I think this is the one good thing about this season is it's very unpredictable in that sense. Like we, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it makes it fun. Like, you know, you're watching and you're like, you don't know what's going to happen next week. Uh, who's going to lead next week? You saw like this week, I think very interestingly is like, uh, what's their names were like very bad this week. Pass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. Like, Haas were shockingly bad this week. And that's kind of like what, what what happened to them, you know? So, yes. It's weird. Everyone's dropping about, yeah, teams, they do well, they come back. You're right. Like we were mentioning McLaren and giving them a lot of praise, but Haas has done the complete opposite just in, like, just as short of amount of time. Uh, well, yeah, so here's one see kinda, could, uh, what happens as we go on. Yeah, there's, well, here's the next team that we're going to talk about is one that could go either way, to be honest. Like, if they gain a bit of time in their car, they could easily dominate the rest of the season. But if they, if they're, pro- if they can't fix their problems, they will drown uh, to the rest of the teams. You know, they'll get overtaken by Mercedes, McLaren, whoever it is. The Red Bull, another retirement, that's Max with two retirements in the first three races. It's, it's not great for him. And to be fair, even then, uh, Perez was, before he pitted, he was about to be overtaken by Lewis because of his tyres. I think without those safety cars, they might have been tested for that second place. I feel like the Mercedes could have got uh, Perez and taken the podium because he really dropped off. As much as on, on usual pace in like the middle of the stint, 
he was comfortably faster than both Mercedes. But by the end of the stint, Lewis caught back up to him and then he had to pit before he got overtaken. So without the safety car he period, just like tire, that might have exaggerated the gap. That's what I'm saying. Like if they have bad reliability of their engine, and obviously this is track specific, but if in general they have a bit of a problem with tire degradation, because we have seen uh, Max struggle to, you know, like keep up with Charles, who like have a go at him, to give it a couple laps, and then his tires will go, and then he has to drop off behind him. So I'm not sure. Like if they have a bit of a tire deg problem, and then a bit of like a engine reliability concerns, Red Bull could end up dropping back if Mercedes find that pace they keep going on about. I think uh, it reminds me of not last season, the season before, where Red Bull had basically Max was plagued by so many like retirements essentially. Oh yeah. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of reminded of now. I'm like is this happening again? Or are they just gonna lose it all at the end again? Um or at the beginning rather should I say um yeah <laughs> i mean i guess that's i guess the last thing with mercedes isn't it i mean that's pretty much all that's left mercedes were uh we had both their cars quite close to each other lewis and george fed on pace george got kind of lucky with the safety car ended up jumping lewis of but... course he got lucky with the safety car you always say I'm that not... bro he did get a bit lucky with the safety. I'm not saying it like a bad thing. Obviously, credit to him. He, he was, was keeping up, and that's why he was close. Is Am I wrong? That is what I said wrong, though. No, no, I'm just listening. <laughs> I didn't watch the race, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Basically, I Lewis laps later, the safety car came out. So that's how he jumped. George ended up jumping Perez and Lewis, but Perez managed to get past him. Uh, yeah. There were things about Lewis's radio at the end. Uh, he mentioned something, but they didn't show the rest. Turns out he was just lifting and coasting. You know, actually, Lewis was uh, he was running 1.5 kilograms worth of sensors on his floor. So his just his recorded. Yeah. So Lewis was running 1.5 kilograms worth of sensors on the floor of his car to measure the focusing for the team. Uh, George wasn't, I don't think, and. He did all of that just to help them gather data about it so they can try and figure out what's causing the problem. So he ran that whole race of a 1.5 kg heavier car than normal. Do you wanna do you wanna tell people kind of how much that would cost over kind of like say a lap? Because people might not know. So like yeah, an so extra. Yeah, you you I think you're about to say what I was gonna say in it. You... No, 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 you go for it, you go for it. The I think the style is it an extra kilogram of fuel. In the car per lap costs you like what a tenth or something? Is that a tenth? Yeah. So over the course of a race distance, you have to think like over the course of a race distance, how much can can that cost essentially? That was um, fifty-eight laps we did. Yeah. Come on, come on, do the maths. I know you. No, do the maths. No, I thought you were trying to get me into the predictions. I'm not. You do the maths. Your maths. No, no, you do the maths. You're starting predictions this week, by the way. I, I did. I started last week. I uh, you just you just copied me. We need to go on predictions. I want to know who won. Okay, yeah, right. Let's let's do the predictions now. Uh, first of all, we'll get onto the fantasy teams. Uh, I think because of the time zone difference, both of us just forgot to adjust our teams. So yeah, I I, I yeah, totally did not remember. I was gonna do mine, and then I also forgot. 
So it's been a busy week. I don't think there are any yeah. changes made. Turns out usually, usually because of this team. fantasy stuff, I watch like practice and qualifying. This week I just so I watch nothing, man. <laughs> I watch <laughs> zero. If you uh, want to join, I'll leave the code in the description of audio, YouTube, and the TikTok like normal. Uh, follow us on TikTok. It's funny, I guess. Um, well, okay. So you said you're at the such top. a good job of selling that, yeah. <laughs> Yusuf, you're you're on 687. You are, what's that? 81 points ahead of the next person. So like, we've got 11 members now. People are joining. We we need more desperately. Just so if Yusuf does fall into the back of the pack, we need him to drop more positions. So I'm in fourth right now with 506. Um, yeah, I'm so far behind you. Last place has 312. So there's a good variation here. Unfortunately, Yusuf still top. So like, please do something about that. <laughs> and then, uh -huh, we're gonna have to do the predictions. I have a bad feeling about these set of predictions. Do you know what it is? The one time I get rid of science, I mean, get rid of Lewis and put science in instead, science retires. That's so tragic, you know? Do you know how sad uh, that is? <laughs> it is funny though. It's funny, you're just, right. you're that unlucky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay, you qualifying. So, you ready for this? Your qualifying yes. top three was Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz. That's right, but it was uh, Perez in third. I went with Max Verstappen, Carlos... What? Oh, no, Charles Leclerc, and then Sergio Perez. So, we both got two positions out of three in that one. Oh, you got two positions out? Oh, wait. damn. I oh, no, wait, hold on. What? No, we both got you one. You got one, right? Wait, no, on. I got I got Charles and Max. Oh, right. you got two. Oh. Well then. I didn't realize you got ah. Oh. I thought you got them the wrong way around as well. Wait. Yeah, okay, right. So you get that one. The race. Okay, the race results. You went with Charles Max. Car yeah, Charles Max Carlos. I went with Charles Max Carlos as well. Both wrong. So I win. It was Charles Perez Russell. So you okay, still who, who did you go for driver of the day? We both went with Charles, which is true. Okay, so I'm still leading by one point. And then retirement, and there were... Okay, so you said there would be four. I said there'll be three. There were three. There were two wrong. No, there were three. It says it right here. There, there was science, two. there was metal, and then there was Verstappen. Oh, uh, damn it. Okay, so it's 2-2. Two, two. No, did I? Oh, I didn't get it. So it's... Um, we got a point. Is it 2-2? So it's 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, it's 2-2. Two, two. Wait, uh, we got a point. I was leading. I led from the thingy. So I got two points from the qualifying. And then we both got zero from the race. No, I got one point from the race. You got one point from the race. So it's 3-2. And then... Wait, are you counting points as in number of positions you got right? Because I just said that you were... You got qualifying right, well, more right than me. Okay. So you got qualifying, okay. that's one. Or are you saying okay. I got two positions out of three right? So no, because usually, uh, usually I count like how many actually got like right versus how many. Oh, okay. And then we total the point. Right, okay, I'll go you. So if you're doing it per position. Oh, the three DNFs, damn. <laughs> yeah, so if you're saying you did it per position, you, you got one more than me in qualifying. Mm. Yeah, but you got the DNFs I didn't. Yes. So it's so equal, it's, so. 
Okay, it's fine. still it's, it's still two two overall. All right, two two overall. Into these predictions for uh, what's the next one? Is it Miami? Can I just mention the fact that like fantasy, oh, I'm like double your points. Double? No, hold on, a minute. it's not double. Don't don't exaggerate this now. I don't, no, I don't want to hear these. Sorry, like, I don't want to hear these lies. I don't want to hear these lies. You're like three hundred and why is it twenty? Lies. It's all lies. Scoring. Always. Where are you? On? Where is it? Come on, come on. <laughs> I won <laughs> five. Yeah, no, bro. I won five hundred and six. You can't do that. Double. Okay. Double where? There's still like a what a hundred and eighty between us. Maybe it, it might be. It's like a whole years. race weekend, basically. <laughs> You know what you should do is from Monaco you should put Charles as like double points here. Don't even talk to me. Stop that. No double points. You should put like the mega driver on Charles at Monaco. (laughs) Oh, that would be so funny. You just lost your mega driver with. You know, like can I just mention someone had uh, Norris uh, as their double points in the first race. And Norris got them like two points. I just found, that's like just like sad, like like it's depressingly sad. Um, <laughs> See, no, look, someone yeah. enter enter so you can beat this guy. Look at him; he's shaming people. He's actually shaming people's shaming teams. Him. He's shaming, shaming people's yeah. teams. That is sad. Awful I feel behavior. bad for them. I feel bad awful for them. Behavior. It's not awful. Okay, I just feel bad what, for so them. am I? Am I going first? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Quality top three. I'm... Oh, hmm. Now, this is interesting. Charles Max Perez. I mean, you've got to go with Charles for pole. Where, where, where are we going next week? See, I don't even know where we're going next it's week. It's Imola. So it's Imola. I'm pretty sure it's Imola. Oh. It's the Italian. Yeah, it's Charles Imola. Max Perez. Charles... Oh, bro. Okay. All right. Charles Max Perez. I'm gonna go. No, with... no, Charles Max Carlos. Wait, actually, just just leave it and you say yours, and then I'll think about it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Charles, then Carlos and Max. Yeah, I'll go Charles Max. Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. I'll stick with Carlos. All right, the race. He's my guy, you know, I have to support him. The race, um, you go first, you go first. Uh, oh, should I just say he's going to retire? What if I just say he's going to retire again? Nah, nah. Charles. Do it. Oh, would Charles actually just win another race in a row? Like, surely he wouldn't, though, would he? Lewis won, like, what, nine in a row, so. It was uh, Vettel. Vettel? Vettel, oh. Apologies. Lewis won eight in a row. Charles Max. Oh, I don't... Yeah, I actually just don't know. I'll we'll go with Carlos. I'll, go, I'll play it safe, I think. I think I'll play it safe. What do you reckon? Um, Charles Max Carlos. All right. Same, same as my qualifying. 
Oh yeah, okay, right. Oh, they, these are very similar. Oh, I kind of wish that there would be like a. Alright. DNF. Cool. I'm gonna stick day. with five because it's in. Now do driver of the day first. Charles. Assumed it was like a given. Yeah. Nah, nah. I don't want to go Charles though. Like, surely everyone would get bored of him winning every time. Like Albon should have got it today. No. Yeah, that's true. Oh, but but that's the thing. See, see, it's driver of the day is not actually given to the driver who performed the best. It's just it's a popularity contest. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Realistically, like it's a popularity contest. Like like Albon went from P20 to P10 in a Williams. Yeah, Rough. the poor kid. I don't know how he's missed out on that. Um. Yeah, I'm, oh, you've got to say, if we're saying Charles is winning, I've got to say Charles is going to get it. How many DNFs did you say? Five. Five. It's Imola. It's Imola. That's a, oh, it's a good number, though, it is, to be fair. That's a good choice. Oh, I don't even... Let's see. I'm going to go with... I'll go with four. Four, I think it'll be less. I think we'll call it that. All right, do you want to do, <laughs> do, you want to do the outro? Um, yeah, I think uh, if you guys can leave a comment on what you think of this format, what you think we can improve, how's the audio sounding, uh, the quality of the video, all of that stuff, uh, that would be much appreciated. And we will see you guys next, is it next week or the week after? Week after I think it's the week after, yeah. Yeah, it's the week after. Uh, we'll probably put up a video next week. Um, keep a lookout for that. Uh, but other than that, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you the next episode. <laughs> I was unsure if it's next week or but see you guys next episode. I was going to say next week again. <laughs>